When you pick up your phone and you take a picture of the moment in front of you, do you think about how you will be able to access that in the future? So often our memories end up in this digital dump heap on our computer that we never go back to. And these are the moments that we want to remember most. Our mission is not just to help you capture sparks of joy, but to also preserve them so that when you look back at this time in your life, you remember what your love feels like. What images of joy do you want to preserve? I've been on this journey to figure out how to be a stronger storyteller. A lot of my work is day in the life, so I really capture families exactly as they are in ways that help them to form memories that are visual so that they can relive them in the future. And there's stories within stories that are just encapsulated within this film that has a lot of meaning to the family themselves where it sort of breaks that story is when a viewer sees the film and doesn't know anything about the family. And I've been giving a lot of thought about legacy preservation and ways that we can help hand down these stories through the generations. Generations from now, they need to be able to connect to you and almost feel like they know you when they don't. And so how do we do that with films? I wasn't really sure how to make that happen. And so I went and searched around for as much as I could find and was pulling from all these different resources. And then I stumbled across Muse Storytelling, which Patrick Morrow is the founder, and we'll be talking to him in a few in this interview. It had everything I needed in one place to conceptualize what it is I've been thinking about creating because I've not really seen this done before. Uh, And so I'm I'm calling them legacy documentaries at the moment that may change over time because I don't really know what this is exactly yet. What I do know is that I wanted to incorporate an element of interviews and authentic storytelling from the main characters in the story, the families that I'm telling this for, so that other people can follow along in their journey and care just as much about seeing these memories that are being formed as the family does. So Muse has an approach where they have story, the center of everything you do in filmmaking. You can have all the beautiful images, but if your story is not the foundational element, then it all falls apart and the viewer can't connect to the person in that story. Muse has been like a total game changer. I I just found them, I think about two weeks ago and I dove right in. They have Honestly, it's so they have like a community, sort of like a Facebook, but in their own platform, which is helpful. But what I find the most helpful is that I'm able to actually connect with them one on one in Zoom calls, get immediate feedback. They have a whole database of um, 
like critiques and things to help me see what does and doesn't work. And then they also have courses that really are so honed in on a system for how to do this. And they're doing it a lot in the commercial realm. So I wanted to connect with Patrick individually because I wanted to ask him specific questions related to family filmmaking. Since I haven't seen this done in the world yet, I know there's must be people out there doing it, but I haven't seen them and I'm still trying to find them. Patrick was able to give me insights that I'd been searching for for a long time. So I'm really excited to share this interview. It will speak a lot to the other family filmmakers who are trying to do this. But I really hope that it sparks a passion in people who aren't filmmakers to think about, like, how are you preserving your memories? And that's why our intro and outro changed slightly, along with the tools that Patrick gave me in this episode about how to more authentically connect through voiceover. And honestly, I had to once again, be like, okay, embrace imperfection, embrace imperfection. (laughs) Like this can't be scripted because then it sounds that way. And so I really just had to speak it from my heart and figure out how to do that in a way that let go of trying to make it be beautiful and have the simplicity of the message stand on its own. And I think that's exactly what I'm hoping that I can bring to my clients as well. Can you explain, first of all, what is Muse storytelling and why story? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, Muse storytelling at its core is a group of people who are super passionate about using story to change the world. And then that sounds super cliche and everything else, but we believe really deeply in trying to help people communicate better using story to make a real difference. Uh, And so that looks like making films and creating, you know, video stories that can actually make a difference for brands like Fujifilm and stuff like that. Uh, But then also means uh, education and helping other filmmakers and other creatives understand the science inside of a story. What's actually happening and how do I use that understanding to communicate in a more effective way so that people listen, so that they feel something, so they remember what I actually said or what I'm trying to communicate. And why a story, um, I mean, there's the there's the scientific definition that like a story is processed by, by the brain fundamentally different than a rational argument. So if you wanna reach people and you really want to convey something, a story, can have them get lost inside of what you're sharing. And we've all experienced that, right? In a good movie or reading a book, we get lost inside of it. Um, It's an actual psychological phenomenon called narrative transportation. Um, But what's important to understand inside of that is that when you are lost in a story, that's highly correlated with a lot of positive outcomes. Like your beliefs become story consistent. You're open to the ideas presented. You're more likely to be connected to the people or the brands or the ideas inside of the story. So what we see is that an amazing story, one that sweeps you up and sends you spinning and like just changes you, um, is a really effective way at trying to reach people, especially people who might not naturally agree with you. Right. Like when you're trying to, you know, you look at climate change or something like that and and people who have strong opinions going into it, a story can 
encourage them or can create a scenario in which their defenses go down and they just experience something as somebody else. Uh, and then perhaps maybe they're open to some new ideas. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that really strikes me about Muse is that a lot of the work you're doing is commercial. And so it's for brands, but it's telling stories that are still very impactful and meaningful. Um, and from that, you're able to do a lot of passion projects that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. And um, I think in the place that I'm in, I've been feeling stuck in this cycle of, you know, needing to fund the business to support my family, but not having funds to do the things that I want to do. And so, like, did that develop over time or was that kind of a core piece of Muse from the beginning? You know, this all started because I had a class in psychology and got a whole bunch of ideas and wanted to make a documentary and knew nothing about story or video or anything but started studying it uh you know in the evenings and going oh maybe i need to make a video uh and then got into weddings and weddings led to all kinds of other things that you know seven years later we ended up making a documentary on child slavery and a nine-year-old girl using lemonade to fight child slavery and it was this full circle moment of like this is kind of what i wanted to do back when I was getting a psych degree and it took four years of 40 weddings and like all of this other stuff. And then finally, you know, we got there. Uh, so I, 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 I don't know that we've always wanted to tell stories that could make a difference. The path that we took and, and what's worked for us is just trying to be remarkable, trying to, uh, create things that stand out in a way that transcend the audience. Uh, and, and in doing so, have other people go, ooh, I want, I want to work with them or I want them to tell my story or that kind of thing. Um, for example, when we were in weddings, that, that looked like uh, telling a wedding so well or making a wedding film so well that it would go viral and it was seen by the NFL. And I mean, just the idea that the National Football League is watching a Vimeo channel of some Canadian wedding filmmakers is ludicrous. Like it's, it's beyond crazy, but it happened. And they emailed and called out of the blue and they're like, we want to see what happens if we take your storytelling and apply it to our game. And we shot a Jets Chargers playoff game and it landed us a 200 day shoot contract with the NFL. And it was like a fourth year psych student. Um, but that idea of creating things that are remarkable that are literally worthy of remarking get people talking um, has been how you know we've won emmys we've gotten all of these other opportunities and how we then got the opportunity to do more work with brands like fujifilm that that goes really deep you know that's that, that stuff that we tell them that like we do this for free <laughs> this is why we are storytellers uh and so that, that's been our path it's a hard thing to prescribe for others because it's hard to get around. How do I make something remarkable? How do I stand out? Um, and so that's why I'm a little hesitant to kind of share that because I think the, the path that's easier for a lot of people to try and adopt is getting very clear on your why, creating content that is connected to your why and sharing it together in context on your website so that when I, I visit you, I know who you are, I know why you are, and I see content that represents that so that you're speaking to a very thin slice of people that actually want that. Um, it's a harder path because all of a sudden, you know, a lot of times we want to be everything to everybody because <laughs> it pays the mortgage. 
but uh, that we've done a couple times and has worked very well. Like donated our time, made a film for a nonprofit, and then we're very intentional about how we shared it. And like, this is the work we want to do. This is why we're storytellers. And, you know, uh, a free thing for a, a San Francisco cafe that employed um, youth who had been incarcerated, you know, turned out into a Vimeo staff pick and led to a $100,000 Toyota commercial, as an example. And the Toyota commercial is not exactly what we wanted to be doing, but um, the, the process uh, can work well. Yeah, yeah. I to be really vulnerable. So I've I've been in family filmmaking since beginning of 2020 and went full time in January 2020. Expected to like hit the ground running in March. I'd been a photographer for a long time, had a client base. And of course, COVID obliterated yeah. my plans. And over this this time of still continuing to grow in my skill and my education, I have questioned if the barriers that I'm that I'm coming against are, you know, my approach, my language, the market, like not actually being a viable market, um, or COVID related. And I, I mean, I feel like it's most very likely a combination of a lot of those things. Have you seen? Can you see this approach of storytelling, filmmaking, being applied in a like personal family uh, approach? <laughs> A hundred percent. I think that it may be more valuable there than in most places, you know, because you're, you're really, when you really get down to telling a story and why our weddings got noticed by the NFL was because the wedding was a backdrop. It wasn't about the wedding that just so happened to be where they were. It was about who these people were and what made them different. And we went deep with that so that you really felt like you got to know these people and that made all the difference. And that is very true with family work. But I think the opportunity for people is to actually go deeper, is to not just make an image. It's to ensure that everybody feels seen and that you're creating work that could become a legacy piece where I could look back generations later and I don't just see two people together, I see who they are or were and their personality and how they walk through this world, right? And I think that takes more time and more intention to get to know people and, and who they are and how to photograph or tell stories related to their entire world. Uh, but when you take that time, you really, you end up having people, and we had this with weddings all the time, where we'd be done at the end of the wedding day and they'd turn to us and go, even if you gave us nothing, it was worth it. And we're talking 20 plus thousand dollar weddings, but the experience we had created and how seen they felt and how enjoyable that connection became uh, was worth what they paid for, right? And it's the difference between, hey, will you now like hug and smile for me versus what is one thing that you absolutely love about this person? Tell them, whisper it in their ear and then photographing that moment as they actually really connect. Right. Like not only is that emotion real, but every time they see that image, they see that love, they see that connection. And it's like always looking to go deeper with that. I think that's where the opportunity is, because that's where that's where people will compensate you in a way that it can actually be sustainable as a living. And this is exactly why I came to Muse. I had started thinking about, you know, family filmmaking goes across all generations and and 
in particular for the older generations, I was thinking of more of this concept of legacy films that are more story centric. I, I tend to see like in the younger years when you're just trying to survive with little ones, capturing the everyday moments as they happen is yeah. real, it's raw, and it really brings you back to that memory to, to relive it in just a very um, like day in the life kind of way. For older individuals, they have they've lived so much of this life through and and had so many things that they've developed kind of as um like their their purpose and their their meaning to be able to pull that out a lot of families don't sit down and have those conversations with their loved ones and so if i can provide a space for them to do that and to preserve it then that would be incredibly powerful and i just mm -hmm. haven't quite yet figured out how and i know that the science of storytelling um is really gonna change yeah, our ability to do that. I, I had a experience not too long ago, and I think you've seen the film um, with my grandma getting medical assistance in death and that whole process. Um, and it's one of those things when you know it's happening, like when you know somebody's passing is imminent, you become very aware of who, 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 who <laughs> Who is not going to get to know her? And what do you want them to know? And what do you not know? And what do you want to, you know, spend your time doing, you know, around uh, with the time that you have left? And one of the things that I'm so thankful that I did was bring a camera and interview her. And it was, um, you know, super simple. I'm a filmmaker. We go do stuff for four seasons. We've got five people in 20 bags, right? Like of gear. And like, this couldn't be that. Um, it was way too personal. It was way too, I needed to be there. So it's just myself and like what I could fit in a carry on bag. But when we sat down and I was like, look, I, I really just want to chat with you to understand more. I mean, she shared about being abused in her marriage and being afraid to leave him because the kids would be endangered. And this is something that had been a family, um, struggle for so long because people blamed her for like keeping the kids in danger and she's revealing that like she was threatened she wasn't allowed to leave you know and just these things where you really like she really opened up into what her world was like and um and how she saw the world and what she wanted for us and her grandkids and uh and there's something special that happens when you give people that space and, and, you know, good therapists do that. And, uh, and sometimes you can do that in a conversation, but there's something about bringing a camera that elevates the opportunity for people and lets them know that you're serious and you really care about knowing what they have to say. And when you create that space right, what I see consistently is people will go deeper, but they won't give you the standard answer, you know, where you're around the dinner table and you're asking people, things and it, it can often be very shallow I found that this approach like we went deep and she really you know we really talked about her pursuing medical assistance and death and how she felt about that and what she understood and what she was worried about and you know things that are very hard for people to talk about and now we have this for you know her, her great grandkids that that won't actually get to know her at an older age and will have so much of a powerful way of not just seeing her <laughs> or or not just getting an image of her but like actually getting a chance to know her who she was what her heart was and that to me is just you know you can't replace that yeah i was talking to tammy the other day because she's sort of doing this on a smaller scale of just kind of doing the story finding for people because a lot of times they just don't know what their stories are and what to tell. And it's there, it just, 
they're having a facilitator to guide you there is sometimes really invaluable. And we were talking so much about even just having the space to start that conversation. It can be taken in so many directions, even other than just a film and something that's powerful for the family. And for her, that was even just having the conversation of what their family values were helped them to really define as a family what they did and did not want to do together um, and brought everyone on the same page. And so I think that kind of that the first step in this type of thing is just to interview people and do that story finding for them is, is what I've been kind of feeling drawn to as, as like kind of the, the, the first thing to, to figure out. Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there, there's so much value in just, uh, and, and I've seen it ripple out through our team with a lot of team members who don't traditionally film things like bring cameras home on family trips or weekends or whatever, or even just audio recorders, you know, like things that, that are very affordable and don't require a lot of tech experience and just having these conversations and providing that space and coming back and going like, oh my, like the things I learned, but then the fact that I've also got it now recorded and I can share and I can create something um, is incredibly powerful. Uh, and it definitely, you know, it takes something to take that first step and go, I want to do it. Um, but uh, I will say that it is one of the things that you'll most regret if you don't, <laughs> if you wait too long. And uh, my mother had bipolar. Um, and in the later stages of her life, when she was really depressed, the only thing that kind of hung her, you know, kept her around was the idea of trying to find purpose, trying to write and trying to share her experience. And so I'd actually, I teach her the storytelling stuff that I do to try and help her develop her story and, you know, give her a purpose of sharing her experience to try and help people. Um, and we talked about interviewing her. We talked about filming it. We talked about all of that kind of stuff. Um, and on my last trip home, I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to bring the cameras and we're going to like, let's, let's start recording some of this. And she's, you know, okay, okay, we'll do it. And she called me back five minutes later and was like, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel up to it this trip next time, buddy. Um, and that was the last time I saw her, you know, she committed suicide uh, a week after that trip. And, you know, <laughs> I'll never get that chance. Um, and so like, I share that because one, I want to share the pain and regret of, of not making it happen, of not taking time with people to really understand them, to really, you know, explore those things, uh, because you're a minute too late and you never get that chance again, and that it takes something. It's not easy. Like, it's not easy when you recognize these opportunities to dive deeper that people are just going to go yes right away. Like, sometimes you really do need to explain how much you care and why this is important and uh, and and really provide them that support to be like, yes, let's let's make this. Because for me, it's not, I, I've done a lot of bereavement photography for families. And oftentimes that's what people are drawn to. Like, wow, that's such powerful work. You should be doing that full time. I'm like, for one, I can't do it full time because I need to refill my cup with yeah. with, with the yeah. joyful moments. Um, and, and two, like, I really want people to see that, that these are the moments that they can live in right now and experience that joy and preserve it. Um, and not waiting until it's at the point that I'm being called per for a bereavement session. Like I really yeah. wanted to, 
get people to take action ahead of time. And I think that's, that's also one thing that drew me in about Muse is that it really like your stories make people want to take action. It makes people want to do something in response to what they've just experienced on the on the journey with whoever's in that story. And, and I think part of me is like, I, I so badly want to do that for others in the realm of what I'm doing. Like, I don't necessarily want everyone to come to me and have a family film done. I want them to have their joy preserved. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like for them, but how do I have them take action? I think has been someplace that I've been really stuck. And, and I think that does go back to the idea of story finding of, of, you know, being open. Uh, we have a saying at Muse and kind of a philosophy that you have to let the story move you before you try and move the story which is listen, ask questions, be infinitely curious. And when you do that, you will find a point where you become inspired, right? Like as storytellers in any medium, it's our job and our duty to be a conduit. Like we take truths and, and moments that others experience and then we translate them into a form that says something to them and hopefully something bigger. But it's that process of starting with listening and finding those things that you really get inspired about that all of a sudden you're like this, this could be the, the core of, you know, a family film of, uh, you know, a, a short biography on this person or whatever that is. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's exploring what those moments are and then what they mean to those people and what they've learned. Right, like they can be very simple things that people have experienced, but the, the, what was the lived experience of that thing, and how did it change you? And that is something that you know they all want to come back to, but becomes so valuable to so many other people who, you know, in your case, like have not experienced your loss, have not experienced your trauma, but watching your story and and hearing your lived experience, like that's what story can do. It it allows us to get some small sense of what your life is like and gain insight from that and be better equipped to navigate the world because we didn't have to go through all the pain you did, but we can get some of the wisdom. We can get some of the upside of how you've changed and grown for the better as a result of that. Uh, and I think that's the opportunity and it takes some digging. <laughs> it takes some patience and it takes courage on everybody's part to like be willing to talk about you know, those different things that they've struggled with or learned and whatever else. But, um, but that's where you can just uh, reach a lot of people and really make a difference. Yeah, that brings me to um, kind of what we initially connected about was voiceovers, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, somebody in the group brought up this hypothesis that family filmmaking does not need to have a story behind it, that it can just be kind of a simple montage. And that's kind of what I've set out to disprove in a way by joining Muse, Muse was how can I have story be the center of what I do? And I think there's p elements of what I do currently that tell story in a way. And one of those is the voiceover. Um, there was a film that you guys did, the Choose Hope story for, um, for the beginning of quarantine, I think, right? Yep, Choose Hope. Yeah, and it reminded me a lot of like, that's kind of like this montage -y thing, but it was, all tied together by the voice that told a story and the the visuals just kind of supported that story as it went along right um so i'm i'm curious for one if you think that that is one of the primary storytelling methods that can be used for something like a day in the life film um, and what specific strategies can be used to make it feel more powerful and to draw 
the listener in more. Yeah, I mean, kind of, there are three main strategies for telling a, a story in uh, something like a family film and even in documentary work, right? Um, interviews is the most typical and it requires a little bit more setup and planning, um, but it's so powerful when done well because you get those very authentic, very human moments. The level down from that is a voiceover and the, the struggle there is often getting the same level of authenticity, you know, making it feel as real. Um, and then the level down from that is supers or text on screen, right? So like we're hearing it live in real time from people versus we've written a script and somebody's kind of performing and we're trying to make it as human or we just kind of have text that's helping to kind of space out the story. And then from there you go to nothing and it's just you know purely a visual story uh, and we're trying to suggest something there. Um, so I think the, the voiceover is kind of the 80-20 <laughs> where you, know, you, could, you could shoot amazing images and create a collection and then put those together with a soundtrack of voiceover and some light sound effects. And all of a sudden, you know, your, your, I don't know, 600, $800,000 photo shoot is worth $10,000 because you've created a film that is, is, you know, a legacy piece. Um, and so I do think the voiceover is a really powerful way that doesn't require as much ex, uh, the same tech expertise and time as a full video interview. But then the challenges like you, you have brought up is how do I make that feel real and deep? And powerful. Um, and so it sounds like you want to chat about some ideas around that. Yeah, both for myself and I also do what I call guided narration and helping others to um, to narrate their films. So it's, I mean, they're going to have less experience doing it. And so I have to kind of know from the ground up, like what sorts of things do I need to work on so that I can also transfer that. Did you find it? Yeah. So, and I do remember which one I sent you is like, what do you want to remember most about this time in your life? And okay. what do you want to remember I, most about this time in your life? Yeah. Okay. So just, just give me that line. What do you want to remember most about this time in your life? Okay. You might not hear it, but everybody else does. It's pretty, it's pretty flat, right? Like it, it, we're getting into your, right. So <laughs> yeah. one of the, one of the things is inside of that line, what means the most to you? most or remember like remembering okay. the central piece of that line okay so try and say it again but as you do this time hold on to and hug remember most like give it try and give it that warmth and give it that time and space because it has mm -hmm. more gravity for you okay what do you want to remember most about this time in your life it's already warmer it's already yeah. feeling a lot more powerful now what is a moment in your life that you want to remember? Um, well, that actually, so that clip of, in that film is of my mom and my daughter um, playing together in the pool. And we don't get a lot of times like that because my mom Okay, bring me into a moment with your mom and daughter in the pool. Okay. Tell me about a moment. Um, tell you about a moment? Tell me about a moment. Oh, um, so... <laughs> You know what's funny? I never knew that my mom could swan dive. <laughs> and the fact that like most of the time she's in a power wheelchair and then she can go to a pool and just do a beautiful swan dive that she hasn't done in th 30 years, like yeah. totally blew my mind. <laughs> okay, but that's that's a, still a general idea. I want a moment. I want moment. Tuesday afternoon at 3.15, she turned to oh. my daughter and she said, right? Okay. Like I want to be that specific because that's where yeah. we get really grounded in the emotion of it versus a general she can swan dive. 
that was so that moment also was it was at my auntie sandy's house and her pool that we grew up with and as kids yep. and um it was on my son's birthday and um it was probably the only time that year that she was able to go out with us okay. so my Close kids got eyes. that time with her Close your eyes. Go to Aunt Sandy's house. Mm -hmm. You're like, you're in that day, try and feel the weather, feel, you know, what's happening, the sounds, everything else. And when you're ready, share the line. What do you want to remember most about this time in your life? That has so much more depth. Like you feel your soul in that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. In, in what you're doing is you, you are, you are living it like you are being a conduit, right? You are going to a moment that you want to remember most. And as you're sitting there, you're saying, what do you want to remember? most?" Right. But like, it, it's finding that way to ground it and make it real. And again, it's, it's, it's not quick or easy, <laughs> but it is the difference of like this clinical cold, you know, thing that sounds like it could be a pharmaceutical commercial in terms of, <laughs> yeah. you know, talking about family values and in generic voiceovers and like really feeling what this means to you. And so trying to take that time. And, and I think what we did is of, of getting very specific is the difference because a lot of times people will kind of, okay, well, let me think about what do I care about? And it's this, and it's, you know, it's generally that my mom's one dives, but the power of it is it's, it's the moment it's the second right? It's, it's being at Aunt Sandy's pool. It's what she was wearing. It's the weather, like the closer you can get to that moment. And then you share that emotion will come through you. Um, and it, it, it's such, a, it's such a powerful way to do a voiceover. It's also such a powerful way to do a keynote or a presentation or anything else. <laughs> like all of that, the more you can bring yourself to that place as you share um, is, is incredibly powerful. It's incredibly emotionally exhausting. Like I'll tell stories and about you know, my mother's passing and there are certain moments in it that I'll go to. And like, I just need to go like cry and sleep for the rest of the day when I'm done because you relive it. But, um, but that is how we can be a conduit more so. Right. And really take people to the heart of what this means to you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> that's, that's amazing. So I, I've never, I don't think I've ever put enough time into my voiceovers in that way, because most of the time I'm fitting it in before the little monsters wake up and it's just like, quick, hurry up, get it done. Yeah. Um, so this is, I can see how this is much more intentional in each and every piece of it. And if you take your, take your voiceover and then break it down into general plot points, right? Like just different parts of the story, ideally less than 10. And you're looking for like five to 10 sections that you can break it down to and then for each one try and draw a moment you know and i'll, I'll break that down into words like it it's a keywords right but like the keywords related to a moment and i get really clear on them and then as i tell it as i share it i go to that moment because it's not that you're going to be at the pool for your entire piece because that's not the emotional tone of the entire piece right there's going to be loss there's going to be ups and downs but if you just break it into plot points each one to a moment and really get clear on that um, and as you're starting out, just do it one at a time, right? Like just, just go there and just do that one section related to that and give yourself a little bit of time. Okay. Now I'm going to like, you know, feel this and share it. Um, and just the, the, um, humanity that comes through in that, when you spend that time, you know, it, it's the difference of, you can just have people listen to it with their eyes closed and they'll be brought to tears. 
without even adding all the other layers, you know, and that's, that's our opportunity as storytellers. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting because recently I did a, a um, there was a, what do you call it? A, like a modeled shoot for a wedding at a, a local venue. And I went there and, and did a film for the first time for, for a wedding, which it's like storytelling carries across all genres, right? Once you're a filmmaker, you can kind of see the things that happen in, in any situation to capture. So I put together this whole film and it was like montage didn't have any narration. And my friend was like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> She's like, could you maybe add a little bit of like your voice? I was like, oh, you want that? And she's like, yeah. And I was, and so, I, and so I put something together and she's like, now that's what I love. Like that, that is, that is what it, that's, that is you. And I was like, yeah, there, you know, there's, I think that there's a place for people to just be able to capture their life exactly as it is in whatever way they can. And then this is something that I would love to follow a family like every year and do a yearly and like an annual film and capture like you could sit down for an hour's time and watch your family grow through the years instead of having to sit through all the you know 48 hours worth of camera footage that you Which have nobody just, nobody ever does anything with because it's too much <laughs> and because it yeah. says so little right i mean yeah. yeah in in every area of our life we will pay more for people to give us something that gets us results in less time it's exactly what you're doing. Like, I want to be able to experience my family in less than 40 hours, right? I'm going to let you do it in four minutes. Um, but I think yeah. the key again there is, is making sure that you have that, that depth and that meaning so that people feel seen. Like if you yeah. just go and yeah. photograph people at a park and it's just like, here's, you know, and not that they won't like it to Dave's point inside of, you know, the community, you can get away with just putting something together and people will like it and they'll sign off. But if you want to make a living and a career and you want to, you know, be invited year after year, like talk to people and whether you're sharing it, whether they're, you know, and put that together into something that goes deeper and all of a sudden they're going to be going like, can we do this yearly? Can I just have you on a retainer? And we will just keep doing it because like I get the value and what each piece is saying, you know? And so that's, I mean, that is what I would be encouraging you to do pro bono right now for the people in your area, like find some people who are willing and, and it doesn't even have to be multiple, but find one family that has uh, the kinds of stories you want to tell and is willing to give you all access and, and be fully open. And that's the deal. I'll do it for free, but I need you to be fully open, fully trusting, right? And then document it how you want to document it interview and ask them what you want to you know ask them and put it together into something that is short with music and sound and your images and i'm telling you you do that well you'll be able to charge five ten thousand dollars for it inside 30 days like like you you know what i mean we could start now and in 30 days this is on your website and and it'll be an easy sell because people will get the power of what's happening and that it's far more than you know family images yeah, and it's it's coming back to it's striking me about what you said earlier of showing like what you want to be doing, and currently on my website I just kind of have all of the family films I've ever done, and I do have films that I've done narration for some of them myself that I could re-narrate in the way of what we're talking about of going back into that moment, um, and then pulling pulling in more people to do this whole story finding 
process, I think is going to be important too, because if there's one thing I've recognized from Muse is that so much of it happens before you start filming. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's true for families too, is that the, the relationship and the knowledge of the things that are important to them has, some of that has to be gleaned before I even come in with my camera. Oh, it's all about creating intention. We will spend way more time in pre-production in developing the story and understanding before we ever pick up a camera. And th that is our value. You know, when we charge what we charge, it's, it's so much about how we prepare, right? I mean, how many, how many cameras did Canon ship this quarter? Like, yes, you might have a good eye or I might have a good eye, but there's a reason the opening credits of movies don't list directors of photography. They don't list the people operating the cameras because that is seen as more of a commodity and more replaceable. And it is more replaceable than the storyteller, than mm. the writer, the people that are creating it, the director, right? The vision, that kind of thing. And so it's, it's, that is created in advance or that's done better when it's created in advance. Um, and, and you also get trust and buy-in. Like the, the story finding process is also like you walk into a family and you want to talk about something they struggled with or something they had to overcome or something they really believe deeply in. It's a very different conversation. If you're like, hey, it's Melody. We, we exchanged emails. I'm here for the, the shoot. Or you've talked to each one of them. You've, you've had conversations about what you learned. You're sharing why this matters and you feel that sense of trust. Now you can ask whatever you want and they're going to be willing to go a lot deeper. Right. So like, yes, it's about finding your what you want to make this about, but it's also that trust and buy in process of developing the relationship so that they feel safe and open. Right. Like you, you were willing to go with along with my exercise <laughs> because we've had many interactions and you trust that, like, I've got good intentions and I'm going to take you to a good spot. If you had no idea who the hell I was, you'd be like, I don't know that I want to read this and close my eye. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? And are you fully going to buy in? Um, so I think, I think that's all a part of making it really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I have two more questions for you that are both objections. I have a question uh, for you too. Yeah. So we, okay. we, uh, do you want to ask me now or do you want to wait? <laughs> well, my question for you, and then we can get into your objections is, so sure. uh, do you agree? Well, I've got a couple of quick questions. Do you agree okay. with the idea that if we were to make the film in the way that you really want to make it, that it, could then attract the kind of people you want to work for. Oh, yeah. Do you agree with that thinking? Completely. And yep. do, you, do you agree that currently you don't really have something on your website that is that thing that is like exactly the level of what you want to make? Yep. Yep. So can we put a timeline on when you'll actually make that thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What is it? Um, okay, so... Do you think I should be going through the all of signs of storytelling before I do that or just do it and make it? Happen? I think you, I think we should do it and you get help along the way. Okay. So I would love to have that by the end of May. Wonderful. I was going to say 30 days, but yeah. you know, we're, we're at the 29th. <laughs> so we'll give you the bonus. So we have 30 okay. days at the end of 30 days, we are going to have a short family film that represents how you want to interface with the world and the work you want to do. Right. Yeah. 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 Which you're going to be so excited. You only need a couple of days to edit this thing because you're just going to be on fire and you're not going to be able to not do it. So that really means we got about 27 days to kind of do find our family, do our pre-interviews, come up with our plan and then actually do the photo, like do the work and everything else. So if you break that down into a plan, 
Let's post it inside the community and you are going to have help every step of the way. And you're going to be able to come back and go, here's what I'm thinking. You know, here's the family. Here's what I'm thinking. Now, here's how I'm going to approach it. I've done the interviews, right? So let's go through that process. Um, but you don't have to do the full course to get the value and to be able to kind of do this in a really intentional way. Yeah. yeah. Woohoo. Okay. I'm excited. Cool. Everything changes Stop for you it. at the end of May. Well, yeah. before that, yeah. you're going to create this <laughs> and the process of doing this will change you. But uh, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Cool. Um, well, my only objections of like, like client objections were um, some people are like three minutes for how much money. And to me, the value is in the boiling down and the condensing of the story. Um, and so how do you convey value and like deliverables outside of them seeing that it's like a three minute film? What's, what's like a skill that you might want to learn? A skill I might want to learn. Yeah, I mean, you probably want to learn some more filmmaking stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe hypothetically for this, you want to learn how to like light and shoot an interview at a really high level. Mm. Mm -hmm. So if I told you I could teach you to light and be a master interviewer and have it just be like Hollywood quality in two years for ten thousand dollars, what would you say? That's too long. <laughs> Right now, if I, if, if, if I told you I could do that in four hours and you had the confidence that I could actually do it, which one do you prefer? Oh, I'd rather do four hours. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. and what it is, is it's expressing the idea that we are saying more in less. And I think the common thing that people think is you're saying more by having more time and that's not how it works. Right. A, a writer and a storyteller um, is is often lazy by having too many words or it's too long. It takes far more time and intention to have the same truth spoken in three minutes than in 30, right? And so you're actually getting more because that means uh, that it is far more shareable and far more people are going to watch it, right? And, and I mean, I can't give a better example than uh, a Canadian wedding film that went viral and got the attention of the NFL and got us a 200-day shoot contract. If that was 20 minutes, they wouldn't have watched it, right? But like it was this three-minute, very powerful, very deep story. And all of a sudden, um, that's what happened. So that, it's, it's helping them understand that it actually takes an incredible amount of time to say more with less. And you never want to overstay your welcome. And if we want to have something very powerful, that's shareable, that not just the immediate three or four of you want to watch, but distant cousins and relatives and people who just know you and are friends are moved by and remember and share, then we need to respect their time. We need to respect their attention and we need to tell it powerfully. It doesn't necessarily mean three minutes, who knows, but it's always letting the story drive, right? It's not, and, and we, we get away from like, we've had, hundred plus thousand dollar projects where we're like the story is the length the story is <laughs> you know like, like we're not i'm not going to tell you that it's going to be i don't know like we're going to go through the process and what it is is what it is but what i'm going to tell you is it's not going to be a second longer than it should be because you're wasting <laughs> everybody's time and money to do that um so i think that kind of thing helps a lot uh, in really trying to help explain to people that you are getting more this way. More people are seeing it. There's more power. There's more impact. You're going to watch it more uh, versus the idea that like you're not paying per second of film or video or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so the, the last objection I had was 
do you find it difficult to convince people to go through the process of storytelling before they've done it before and to invest their time in all of the pre-work that has to happen with them? I don't really like to think of any of this as trying to convince people because I think if you really want change in anybody's life, like it's not about convincing, they've got to want to want it for themselves. I think it's about aligning on why this matters. You know, why does this matter to you? And are you willing to put in the time to get over that? I mean, I think there's a lot of us who, who wish that we could be more heard, that people would care about our opinions and take our ideas and trust us and believe in us, that we might share something that they'd remember a month, a year, maybe even five years later this thing we did, like it would have that much of an impact that they still are moved by it. Imagine yeah. generations, imagine a hundred years later. Like, I think a lot of us want to be able to communicate at that level where we can deeply move and be heard and, and have something of value to say. Um, and if you want that, that's story. That's intentional story. That's understanding. I mean, story is nothing more than a, a an evolved pattern of communication that is just so darn effective that it stays with us for so long, right? So if you want to learn <laughs> that pattern of communication and then how to take what you want to communicate and put it through that thing called story, um, it allows you to reach more people. It allows you to, to do the things you want to do. But I think it's about first getting clear on what do I actually want? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And now how does it relate to uh, why I might need to learn this? When time passes and memories fade, it's often the ordinary moments that you'll want to remember most. But sometimes they feel so mundane that they just blend in with the landscape of life. Our parents and grandparents were able to hand down photo albums that showed our life in the palm of our hands. How are you able to preserve your memories so that they can be handed down through the generations and not lost in this digital world? You can start by simply being intentional every time you press the shutter button. To learn more about how we can help you preserve your family story, visit imperfectjoy.com.